Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles if you need one. Hold your hand up. Ushers will put one in your hand. One of the primary reasons that we are offering this in the middle of winter in February is to address the fact that on this Sunday morning here in the main, in the link, and on Mishawaka and anybody watching this on the internet, there are 60% of the people in these venues struggling with some form of depression. It's true. Everyone in this room, everyone in the link, everyone in South Bend, Mishawaka, and on the internet, six out of ten people have some form of depression or another in the month of February on a Sunday morning in the local church. The problem is this. Somehow we've attached this word to depression like it's disease, it's contagious. And so a lot of people hide from it. They won't let people know that they're struggling because they feel like if they do, then there's something different or something wrong about their life. And it might not even be anything to do with sin. We're going to address what brings on depression, but it's as if it's a disease. It's like it's this big D that we put on our chest and we don't dare talk about it as Christians. Because you talk about it as Christian, there must be something wrong with your life. And so we're going to address it head on. I'm going to walk right through the Bible and I'm going to show you a person in the Bible that struggled with depression. Depression came upon him after a monumental victory with God. As soon as God did something unbelievable for him, just a weekend later, he was in the bowels of depression, he was in a pit, and he didn't think he could get out. I'm here to tell you today, with God, all things are possible. With God, you can overcome the depression that you might be struggling with now. Anybody want some victory in that area? Would you like to have some victory in that area? If you're not presently struggling with some form of depression, You will. There'll come a point in your life, you have to have a game plan, a battle plan from God's word to know how to battle that depression. I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 19 in the Old Testament. 1 Kings chapter 19 in the Old Testament. 1 Kings chapter 19. And when you find that stand, we're going to read 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to read this narrative about Elijah. And we're going to read through verses 17 of, or 15 of, verse, of chapter 19. So turn to 1 Kings 19. We're going to read up through verse 15. 1 Kings 19. Stand with me when you find it, and we'll read it together. 1 Kings 19, verses 1 through 15. Let's read this together. Ready? Read. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. And how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. If by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? 
He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. When you are there, anoint Hazel, king over Aram. You may have a seat. We find Elijah in the bowels of depression. And we're going to show you in a minute how that played out, what happened just the weekend before. It's like a Monday morning for him. And we're going to see how he went from this to this. And how he went from this to this to get out of this. I'm going to address how you can walk through the dark times in your life. But before we address that, let me give you some facts and truths about depression. Here are some symptoms some of you might not even know that you are, over, are overwhelmed with depression. Some of you are trying to figure out, why is this happening? Why do I feel different? Here are some symptoms with depression. Major weight loss or weight gain. You could actually be a person who pulls away. And all of a sudden, you put on this weight. And, and you find yourself away by yourself, eating chunky monkey all the time. And you're gaining weight, and you're wondering, why do all I want to do is eat? And why do I feel, only feel comfort in food? All of a sudden, your comfort and your time away, you feel you must eat food, and it becomes your safety zone. Some even choose not to eat. They're stressed out with the depression that's on them. And so there's a major weight loss. Another th symptom of depression, loss of sleep and no energy. You can't sleep at night. You try to sleep and your mind is running 100 mile an hour. You get up and, and you find yourself moving from place to place trying to find sleep. And you can't sleep a normal rhythm. You have no energy. You wake up and you think, I should be, I just slept 13 hours. I should feel awake. I should feel alive. But you have no energy to, to do something. Someone calls you up and you say, no, I'm not going to do it. And you begin making all these excuses so you don't have to do something that requires energy. For those of you have, that are married and have Jesus Christ at the center of your relationship, it's even possible for you to lose intimacy in your marriage and interest in it and pleasurable activities. You don't feel like being intimate with your wife or husband because depression has overcome you and just sucked the life out of you. You also, another symptom, the reduced ability to concentrate. It's like you can't concentrate. You're just overwhelmed. It's like you, you're just, you're, you're fried with all these ideas and there's nothing that's clear and your mind is cloudy. You can't do school assignments and you can't handle the daily routine and check off the list of the day. At work, you're going nuts trying to concentrate. You can be overcome with feelings of hopelessness and uselessness. Feelings like Elijah. Just take my life, God. It's not worth it. I'm, 
I, I wonder why I keep pressing on, why I keep doing this is if, if this is as good as it gets. You feel useless. Why do they need me in the world? What's, what's the worth of my life continue to, to exist? Even you can move to the point where you have thoughts of suicide. I just ought to end my life. And it's like these thoughts come out of nowhere. Another great symptom of, of depression. Chronic pain and digestive problems can result. As a, as a, can come on you as a result of long-term depression. Because you're not moving and exercising, not eating right, your digestive system gets all screwed up and you're, you're messed up internally and your body aches and you're, you're hurting, you have pain everywhere in your joints. Depression can also do that to you. Your fuse that used to be this long is now this long and it doesn't take much for you to get angry. It's like, wow, one little thing will trigger your anger. And all of a sudden, you're saying things and you're responding in ways that you never responded before. Your anger is off the charts. You're irritable. Hardly have to, your husband or wife or friend or sister or brother, teacher, coworker, barely has to do anything and you're irritable. You find yourself short and you want to push people away. You find yourself restless. You just can't get rest. You can't sit still either. And so this battle against trying to move and try to do something, at the same time, you're hopeless. You have this overwhelming sense of sadness. It's like, where does that come from? Where did that sadness come from? It's overwhelming you. And you have anxiety. It's possible to just be anxious all the time. Now, really think about this. Those of us who have a relationship in marriage with, with our spouse that's here today, do you remember when you said, I do and I will? For better, for worse, for richer and poorer. And you said, I will, I do. In sickness and death, until death shall part us. Would you have signed up for something like this if your pastor that was there that said, will you? Uh, will you still follow through if your spouse gains 50 pounds every winter? If you wake, you're, they wake up at 2 a.m. every night, will you promise to be irritable and angry five out of seven days? Will you promise to be sad and sit in the basement eating your ice cream with your remote control the rest of your life? Will you say, I do? Would you sign up for that? Good news is this. There's hope for you. There's hope today that you can get on the victory side and you could actually leave this auditorium with a prescription from God's word and a prescription from doctors who are a lot smarter than me with prescriptions to, to walk on and get above and get out of that pit, the first thing you gotta do is say, you know what, I am struggling. I hurt. I don't like the way I feel. You gotta get to the point where you realize that you're not contagious, that you don't have a disease. You're a redeemed, born-again person who at a moment of time is in the bowels of depression. But hear me today, you can win with God's help in this. In 1 Kings, let me give you a little background to the story here. Elijah, just the weekend before, he was up on Mount Carmel, and they were having this battle. It was the gods, the battle of the gods, our God Yahweh against the little G, little gods. And so they had this altar, and God, or Elijah would call out to his God, and, and Baal would call out, and his people would call out to Baal, little God. And it all got consummated with this fact. They kept doing stuff and doing something, trying to keep up. And finally, the last call was this. Look at chapter 18 and look at verse 36 of 1 Kings. 
Finally, it resulted with Elijah, who was calling out to his God. And 1 Kings 18 and verse 36 says this. At that time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Oh, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your what? What's it say? Servant. And have done all these things at your command. Then he says, answer me, O Lord. Answer me. So that these people will know that you are what? Read it with me. O Lord, our God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. After he cries this out, look what happens in verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And then all of Baal's prophets were slaughtered. So just picture this. God shines. God's victorious. When's the last time you saw rocks burn? When's the last time you saw the Goshen pumper come in with all the water tank and you saw someone light a match to it and the water burned up? When's the last time you saw dirt burn up? When's the last time? Not only did God answer, he burned everything up. And Elijah saw that happen. I mean, this was the weekend. And he was like, look at my God. He is God. He is Lord. And the worshipers of Baal, little G, Satan's gang, were pushed away and they were slaughtered. And so that's what he's standing over. He's standing over this great monumental victory of God on the weekend. And then Monday morning, he's under a broom tree saying, God, where are you? God, God, I want to take my life. You're not alive, are you? How can you go from that to this? It's very possible. And we're seeing a great man of God do that. How does that happen? How does it happen so quickly? How can we move from that emotional state and that emotional high to this spot? You've heard me say this before, but even in ministry, for me, my highs are Sundays when I see lives transform. And it's not uncommon for everything to drop off on Monday morning. You got that adrenaline high, that spiritual high. And it's like, all of a sudden, it's like the weight just, and more pastors quit and resign on Sunday morning than on any day of the week. They give up because we're wired in a way that God has made us that we have chemicals and we can be imbalanced in that. Or if we haven't set things in our lives in a, in a battle plan to when that overcomes us, we will get beat. Look what happens to Elijah in this passage. In the first part, I mean, look, look, look at verse three. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life when he came to Beersheba while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. He said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Isn't it amazing? Church, this was Monday morning. Friday, he was up on the mountaintop. Monday morning, he wants to take his life. Fear overcomes him. Depression hit him out of nowhere, even after he was on top of the world, a blanket of black slime, this blanket of darkness was overcome. And the picture is he's standing on the mountain on Friday night, celebrating, singing worship songs. Monday morning, he's in the basement and this black slime saying, God, take my life. Man of God. 
Look at verse 5. Read on with me. Look, look, look what happens next in verse 5. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, what did he say? Get up and what? Eat. He gives him food. God meets him in the time of need, but he doesn't recognize it. I mean, think about this for a second. Look what happened. Read on. He says, get up and eat. It says he looked around. In other words, he's like, what am I supposed to eat? Look where I'm at. He looks around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. God touched him. Now think about this. Do you think he would, he would, would have been able to recognize there's a Coleman grill. There's some fresh English muffins. You think he wasn't, he didn't walk into that spot with them, but all of a sudden there they are and no one's there. He couldn't even see the hand and miracle of God because he was swallowed up by his depression. And God not only gave him a great victory on Friday night, Monday morning he brought the Coleman grill in and there were the baked bread and there was the bottled water and he didn't see the hand of God because all he saw was his own problems. Very typical of a response from someone who comes off the high and gets hit with depression in the low. I've had enough, Lord. And he prayed that he might die. The angel came again. Look at verse seven. Read on with me. Then the angel came again the second time. He recognized he still needs help and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. Look at the response here. Listen to me, church. If you're walking with someone, you have a friend, you have a brother or sister, you have a husband or wife, you're dating someone and they are struggling and you see it and you think, well, they might be in the bowels of depression. Look what God tells him through the angel. Get up and get out. 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 You gotta remove yourself from the pit. So you gently go to this loved one that you care for and you gently take them by the hand and say, I'm gonna walk you through this, but you can't stay here. You must get up even though you don't feel like it. Pick them up, love them, walk with them, get them out of the cave, get them out of the basement, get them out of the bedroom, get them out of the closet, take them outside, walk with them, get up and get out. The angel comes the second time to him and says, get up and get out. And he says, for the journey is too much for you. So look at verse, look at verse eight. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food, which is a good thing, good nutrition. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb. Now that's some good food, the mountain of God. Then it says this, there he went into a what? Cave and spent the night. He goes from the broom tree. After God speaks to him, sends an angel, gives him hot food to eat, hot bread, strengthens him, he eats it. And as soon as he feels a little better, but you can see what happens. He still had to battle it. And as soon as he traveled this long journey of 40 days and 40 nights, again, he went into the cave. Again, he went there. 40 days later, and it's like, what are you doing there, Elijah? Why are you spending time there? His life is still spiraling out of control. Look what happens next. The word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Don't you remember the Friday night when I showed you who I was? God says, I'm the same God Friday night that I can be for you on Monday morning. It's just your perspective needs to change. I haven't changed, Elijah. Then he said this. He replied, Elijah says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. 
The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your orders, and put prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they are going to kill me. You want to say, go back to the hill, Elijah. Go back up there and look at the bones from Friday night. There's the prophets of Baal, dead. Go up and see that pit and that dirt and those rocks that have been burned up. Remember, God will never leave you nor forsake you. Go back and remember, Elijah. But he chooses in this pit. Oh, where you at, God? You don't love me anymore, God. You must start talking to yourself instead of listening to yourselves in the pit of depression. And he tells him, get up, get out. Look what happens next. Verse 11, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and the wind there was an earthquake. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a what? What's it say? Gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Get out and quit hiding in the darkness, Elijah. You will never be healed staying in your basement, sitting in your cave, hiding away. He's still moaning and groaning and getting beat up by the enemy. And he's the very worst version of himself. But all he has to do is walk through with this prescription that God has given us on how to overcome depression. And so the the word of God says, this is who you are. You must get out. What are you doing there? So he walks out. Once again, he wants to leave and doesn't want to leave. He wants to stay in the dark. And so it'll be the same for any of us. When we're walking through depression, the last thing we want to do is say hi to someone and pretend that everything's okay. And so we retreat. And we dare not tell people that we're depressed because we're not sure how they'll respond to that. Church, let's realize and recognize that people struggle with depression and they're not sickos, okay? Let's love on them. Boy, we have some work to do there in the church. Like, well, they're contagious. And the first thing the church likes to go, oh, I bet they got sin in their life. Not always. Hope surfaces, though, for Elijah. Verse 14, he replied, I've been zealous for the Lord God Almighty. As I said, reject your covenant, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to die. Pour me, pour me, pour me. And then in verse 15, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came, Elijah. Go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Haziel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Mahalah, to succeed you as prophet. In other words, go back. Helps there. Not only are they there, there's 7,000 other people there who want to serve me. They're just like you who love me. You're not by yourself. Listen to me. If you have someone walking through depression, encourage them. Pour in your life. Don't beat them up. Don't say, loser, get up. Walk to them. Love them. Encourage them. Inject some courage into them. Tell them you can do this and don't leave them there. Look how many times God came back to Elijah and said, get up, get up, get up, get up. 
don't leave your loved one in the cave because they got to get out. And when they get out of the cave, they see things differently. And not only when they got out, not only when Elijah got out, God had provided him community. You see, here's the problem. The enemy knows when we're by ourselves, that's when he wants to attack. And when you're all by yourself, you don't have a community of people around you protecting you who will say, no, you get up. And when you're by yourself, you will get your butt kicked by Satan. And so God says, go back to this community and relationship. We are designed for relationship. These people love you. And when you get back into the community and the fellowship of other people who love you and love God, hope surfaces out of that. Elijah realizes in God, he can find hope. He gets up and does what he has to do. And when he goes back, he meets a friend for life in Elisha, who he might not have ever met if he didn't finally get up and go back to where God had said. And God is saying the same thing to you today. You can't sit home. You can't stay in the cave. You gotta get up and walk out even if you don't feel like it. You will not find victory in the cave. Here's some other truths about depression. So when does it hit? Boy, it's obvious here. It's at a high time. Everything, you're on top of the world. Why do you think great sportsmen who won Super Bowls and who won World Series, who won Olympic medals, who have been batting champions, who have had all kinds of achievements, rock stars and movie stars, why do you think you find them in the bowels of depression, some taking their life away because When you come off the high, it's so easy to get so low after that adrenaline rush and that endorphin rush that you find yourself not getting the attention you want and all of a sudden your body just plummets. It hits a variety of ways. High times, low times. It'll hit after an intense work day, an intense work week when you're working on a project and you're working, 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 working and all you're thinking about this project, it can happen in ministry when you're overloaded and you're over, um, overworked and you get to the end of it, you're so worn out, your body shuts down and your body says, I need to recover. And sometimes it isn't recovered properly and you don't allow it to recover and feed it nutritionally and you don't walk through some steps of health, spending time with God, you can end up depressed. It happens during burnout. Watch people who just get to the point where they've been burning the candles at both ends. Life is sucked out of them. Depression comes in. There are some other ways to bring it on. Let me just say this today. Address a simple plan. Walk through a, 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 a laundry list. My encouragement always is this is to walk through a laundry list before you seek other counsel in other ways. I'm going to walk through those, but first, here are some ways to bring on depression. Unconfessed sin. Seriously, if you have unconfessed sin in your life and you don't go before God and you don't repent of it and you toil in this sin and continue to toil in it and continue to toil in it and you build sin upon sin upon sin upon sin, after a while, you will get to a point where it's dark and you feel like you're overcome because you are. You're setting in the enemy's camp and you've got to repent and confess and ask God for forgiveness. And when you release that heart of obedience to God, he takes away that black slime that you're in. 
other ways to bring it on, just by hiding in darkness all alone, especially in the wintertime. Some of you, you think, oh, it's five o'clock and it's dark. And so you go home and your routine has changed because there in the spring and the summer and the fall, you could go outside. And now you go home and you grab the remote control and you grab your potato chips and you don't exercise, you don't work out. And you just lay there and you lose your energy. And all of a sudden you're hiding in the dark and you need sunlight. You need fresh air. You need to get out and you're battling all these viruses. Walk out, bundle your kids up and play in the snow. Negative thoughts can bring on depression. If you're a person who's bent towards pessimism and you're just like, oh, look at that. I can't stand this, can't stand that, can't stand it. If you constantly feed yourself negative thoughts and you constantly speak, the word of God says you reap what you sow, even with your words. A lack of light. Go lay in a, and go get a, a, a tan in a tanning booth. Serious, get out and enjoy the fresh sun. Schedule your vacations in the the heart of the winter. Go to a warm area, step outside. Walk outside during your lunch breaks at work. Don't stay cooped up. When you get home, go for a walk, go for a run. Put a headlamp on and run outside in the dark. It's possible, it might be crazy, but it'll battle off depression. You gotta be intentional about it. Another way to bring it on. Lack of creativity or activity. You got to have projects and hobbies. A lot of people give them up in the winter. Well, I can't do this because I used to do it in the summer. Create, do creative things. Draw, paint, write, build. Another way to bring it on is forgetting to remember what God had done. That's what Elijah, it's like, holy cow, Friday night, God made some rocks burn. You would think that was pretty incredible. Burned them up. And he forgot about it Monday morning. Go to your journals and go back and say, this is what God has done. This is what God has done. Go back and remember what God has done. Another way you bring it on, abuse of drugs or alcohol. You get into the point where you're just letting this addiction take over. Depression will come in and it will suck the life out of you. Improper nutrition. If you're not eating your vegetables, you're not eating healthy. Listen to me. You must eat nutritional things that help your body. And if you don't, you have a long-term pattern of not eating in a healthy way. If all you do eat is fast food and you're not thinking about fruits and vegetables and what you drink and having lots of water, depression can overwhelm you. A lack of physical exercise is another way to bring it on. Church, we offer an indoor track here, 14 laps is a mile. We have a fitness room with weights and machines and treadmills. We have a ladies' workout room upstairs. We have locker rooms to take showers. You can come in here Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, but you gotta get up and get out. Exercise, don't wait till spring. Okay, some cures. Let me say this first. My personal plan has always been first is to walk through a laundry list to see if this helps before. I go to my doctor and say, Doc, I'm not doing good. I'm reading God's word. I've confessed my sin. I'm exercising. I'm eating right. And I just don't feel normal. I feel weak. Go to your doctor. God has given doctors incredible wisdom and ability to diagnose people who 
who are chemically imbalanced. God has used doctors to bring health to you and they can prescribe medicine to you to get you back up to normal. It's okay to go to your doctor and take a pill or two. But first, start an exercise routine. Listen to me, if you're starting with depression and you keep making excuses, you will not get out of your hole. Start a health plan today, not tomorrow, today. Another thing to do, thank God for what he's done. Write it down. Begin writing things down every day in the winter. Write them down. Or when you know that the seasonal depression comes, write it down, write it down, write it down. And then each night, wow, look what God has done. Look what God has done. You're speaking that. That's what you're speaking. You're speaking praise. You're speaking God's goodness. You're speaking about God's care. You're speaking about God never leaving you. And when you speak that, you know what? When you plant that, you grow that. Get out with people even though you don't feel like it. If you have someone that you love, gently pick them up, gently walk with them, love them, and tell them, I love you too much to leave you in this cave. You got to surround yourself with people even when you don't feel like it. You see, there's a lot we have to do. God's just not gonna magically walk in, pick you up like a puppet and say, You feel better? We're responsible. We have free will. You must be responsible. Help someone else. Another cure. Take your eyes off of yourself. When you begin helping someone else and you see the needs that they have, when you start helping others, you start feeling better about yourself and depression can lift. Confess your sin. We talked about that. Surround yourself with positive people. I'm serious, you must be intentional about this. If all you have in your life and around your people who are pessimistic, find some positive people and surround yourself with them. Be intentional. Find environments where there's positive people. You need people like that. Get proper nutrition. Be intentional about laughter and other related activities. I am serious about this, by the way. I'm intentional about making myself laugh. I love to laugh. And I'm ashamed. I laugh in Jesus' name. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. I'm intentional. There's times that I'll go for just for laughs on YouTube, and I'll just keep pressing play and laugh and laugh in my office, laugh and laugh and laugh. And I look like an idiot, but man, I'm feeling good. You got to be intentional about this. Elijah found hope because there was a God that loved him and he provided hope and he told him, get up and get out. Church, that's my call to you today. Get up and get out and be intentional and help is on the way. Lord, thank you for this day. God, I pray that we would apply these truths. I pray, God, that we wouldn't just listen to another message and say, oh, that was great, but we would get intentional. Spending time with you Soaking in your word, reading your word, daily time with you, praying with you, spending time with intentional exercise and health plan, finding things that dig us out with your help. Please, God. Lord, thanks for the victories that are about to come in this room. I pray, God, that that 60% would move to 0% as a result of you intervening and them following through. In Jesus' name, amen.